Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. Family Matters. That's the name of this sermon series we're beginning this morning. So again, you wouldn't be here without family. Every one of you, look at your neighbor and tell them, I wouldn't be here without family. I would not be here without family. And here's what, what my lovely wife pointed out is, you may not have been raised in the ideal situation. You may not have had a, a father, a mother, or a grandmother, or a grandfather that raised you in, in the ideal situation. But that's no excuse, right? We can take what we learn and try to improve on that. That's what every parent's goal is, is to try to become a better parent than their parents. Amen? How many see that? But how many often you look in the mirror and you say, oh my goodness, I'm becoming just like my father, just like my mother, right? We all say that at some time. Uh, the older I get, the more I realize I'm becoming just like my dad, or I see my mother's parts of my mother in me. And uh, you, you can't escape that because that's in your DNA. But what I want to talk to you about this morning is that God created the family and designed the family to function. Amen? And we, we live in a world of dysfunction. If, if, it doesn't take much for us to look around and see families that are dysfunctional. Uh, Anna has shared many times about what she experienced as a child, as a young person growing up in an alcoholic home and abuse and so forth. And that doesn't mean that has to be your picture for your life. She's chosen to live a different life and display different characteristics and traits to her children, to her husband. You have the power, amen, amen. through Jesus Christ. I love what the scripture says that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Yes, you can do certain things up to your own ability, but it takes God to take you above and beyond that. How many know that to be true? It takes God to take you to another level. And, and that's the reality of why we have so many dysfunctional families is they, they're doing all they can in their ability, in their own strength, but you need God to help you take you to that next level. Amen? See, the way a Christian family lives is a direct reflection of the God that lives inside of them. The way a Christian family lives is a reflection of the God that lives inside of them. So you either have a, a really small God or you have a large God. What will you decide for your family? What is important for your family, man? Here's, here's another dilemma. How can we say, the, this is what the Bible says. St. John says this in, in the gospel. He says, how can you say you love God whom you have not seen, if you do not love your brother or your sister? How can we say we love Almighty God, yet we have a problem, we have, we have, a, we have an issue with a brother or sister? It doesn't make sense. We must learn to forgive, number one, forgiveness. Everybody say that word, forgiveness. forgiveness. It's a powerful word when it comes to family. Forgiveness or unforgiveness will keep you from having a healthy relationship with your, with your spouse, with a parent, with a sibling, even with your children, children with your parents and, and so forth. Forgiveness or unforgiveness is a terrible, terrible uh, place to be. Amen? 
Today I want you to listen as we start on this series about what it is that pleases the Lord according to Scripture and how we should love one another, how that directly impacts our relationships in terms of a family. How many want to have a happy family? I mean, that's all of us. That's a, that's a silly question to ask. But how many take the steps to have a happy family? That's a whole nother, a whole nother dilemma there. See, the Lord's word, and, I, and I've spoken on this recently, where the Lord always challenges us with his word. His word demands a response from each of us. It demands a response. Remember when Jesus came to Peter on the waters? He came walking on the water. Remember that? He came walking on the water. And Jesus said, come to Peter. That, that word right there demanded a response. Peter could have stayed in the boat where it was nice, where he was, he was protected from, from the white caps, the seas, the water from drowning. But no, he stood up. He didn't question it. He kept his eyes on Jesus and he walked toward Jesus. But the moment he took his eyes off of Jesus, we know what happened. He began to sink and the Lord immediately pulled him up, the Bible says. The point here is, is that we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. We need to live by faith. And you can do so much more when you put your trust in the Lord. Amen? So here, here again, the more the church, the more each of us know um, how to please the Lord in our relationships, the better it will go with us in church at home, at work, relationships are key. I, I didn't really understand that concept till, uh, I'm serious, till my, probably my early 40s, late 30s, just a couple years ago. And you know, it, I lived all my life thinking, it's not a big deal, but relationships is a must. It's a key to living a healthy, balanced life. How many know that? And if you don't know that, you're struggling with relationships today. I'll tell you that right now. So let's stand and let's go to the Word of God this morning. I don't have a handout for you, but I'd like for you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And if you'll stand with me this morning, I want to read a couple of verses. In honor of the Word, we'll stand. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. Verses 14 through 15, and it says the following. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Let's pray this morning. Father, again, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you for this time. Bless this sermon. Bless this time. Father, may you help us to open our hearts right now that we would receive from you what you have for each person today. You speak individually. You speak corporately. But I pray, Father, that you would meet every single need here today. And I praise you and thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him again, Family matters before you're seated. You may be seated this morning. Family matters. Each of you matter. Each of you matter to us here. Uh, I tell everybody that walks in through these doors, you matter to me now. I, didn't, I may not have known you prior to you walking in these doors, but you matter to me now. When I see you walk in these doors, when I see you right here, you're on my mind tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I pray for you as you're 
as your pictures, your, your faces come to my mind, I'm praying for you. You matter to me. You're part of my church family, amen? And as, and as uh, Anna said, sometimes your church family becomes stronger than, and closer than other members of your family. And there's not, there's, that's a blessing. You have extended family, amen? You have more family that God gives you. This morning, before I go any further, I have asked a, a few people if they wouldn't mind sharing what family means, because each of us have a different perspective. And I'd like to start, I'm going to ask uh, Nessie, you can just stand right there. Um, if you'll stand, just tell us, share, what does family mean? Uh, to me, um, well, I, I can go on and on all day long. You, the whole day, you know, would be enough. It's okay. Okay, you'll say that. Anyway, um, um, family is um, everything to me. Um, you know, uh, they complete me. Um, they give me strength. Um, they win me in my lives. Amen. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so with uh, church family, I feel like uh, I can be myself. Yes. Yes. Amen. 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 Thank we you. you we love you too. Yeah. We love your family. Thank you. Um, Dan. Yes. No, that doesn't work. I, I asked Dan as well. So. I like what you said. Yes, great words. Um, well, I, I agree. The family is, you can just be yourself. And Pastor Rick is right when, when sometimes when even in your own family or extended family that don't live with you. And they're kind of your, your Christian family. It's there for you. Yes. something that we found out. Um, uh, I, I've been a Christian well over 50 years now, walking with the Lord. My wife and I have been married about 30 years. It's a long time. We've been married about 36 years, and it's just the two of us and the cat. But, uh, you know, uh, we, uh, has, has life been perfect? Heck no. But, you know what? My 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 uh, encouragement is stay in the word, stay in church, because with those as foundation, you know, whatever storms come, you have each other to hold on to, and you have the Lord to hold on to, uh, and you must remember that the first institution God created was a family. Yes. And I heard someone say that a family can survive without a nation, but a nation will not survive without the family. Very true. You see what's happening in our country. The enemy is attacking to try to destroy families. Uh, and since God created and invented the family as the number one thing, he puts a high you know, price on it. So family to me is a place you can be. You can be yourself. Uh, Tanya will tell you, I'm all myself. Uh, and, and, and you have the love, you have the security, you have that peace in your, in, your, in your old God. Amen. So I praise God for the family. Amen. Thank you, Dan. That was great. And... I know I didn't ask Mother Betty, but you're always so full of wisdom. Would you, would you share what family means to you? Sure. Sure. Family means everything. You know, God's first and then our family. My father will always says, God first, uh, family next, and your acquaintance third. That's how he put it on the totem pole. Um, family means everything because people come and go, 
but family is there forever. Amen. And we're to love each other, uh, to support each other, and be there for each other. Yes. You know, we're, um, we all have our um, imperfection, but we love each other for who we are. Yes. God, he, he loves us. Amen. And so um, in this time of my life, my family has been there even more so than they ever have. Yes. And this has sustained me. Their love, their support, their caring. And our church family uh, is beyond words. You all have been so wonderful. I could not have made it, you know, without your prayers, your love, your support. So family is everything. You know, we love each other. Um, yes. Sometimes we may have misunderstanding. But let's get it right. Let's go to each other. You know, if, um, like the pastor was saying, unforgiveness, it, um, it, it just, um, it's like a cancer. It will just eat yes. away at you. But learn to forgive, to love each other, and just hold on to each other because family, we need each other to survive. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Give everybody a big hand that just spoke right now. That's great. Family does matter. It's very important. And again, it's up to each of us to build upon that to improve maybe a situation that you saw growing up. Uh, for, many, for most of us here, we didn't get raised in perfect families. Uh, even if you did have a good family, there's things that you remember that you say, I never want to do that for my children. I, want to, I choose to do things differently. How many know what I'm talking about this morning? It doesn't matter where you come from. You're going to want to do things differently. But at the core of this, at the core of this, we have to know what the Lord's plan is for that family. Dan started to touch on it right there about, about being in the Word, be, being in the church, connected. And that's really what I want to talk to you about this morning. There's another scripture found in Matthew chapter 6. And this is so key. This is so key right here. Uh, I, I could live off of this scripture alone right here. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. You all know this, but it says the following. But seek first his kingdom. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. What is it you're looking for? Happiness? Are you looking for uh, financial security? Are you looking for emotional security? Are you looking for... Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then the Bible says, all these other things, you fill in the blank, will be given to you. It's that simple. It really is. It's not complicated. It's not rocket science. It's very, very simple. Now, it's a challenge. I, I won't, I won't uh, argue with that. It's going to be challenging. Every one of us get challenged through that process. But here's what I want to talk to you about this morning. How, does, how, how do I define my relationships? Number one, how does seeking the kingdom of God work in my relationships? Well, first of all, God has to be number one. How many know God has to be number one? It can't be your spouse. I'm sorry. If your spouse is sitting next to you, look at them and say, I'm sorry, honey. God is number one. God has to be number one. I remember when I first heard that, because I, I wasn't raised as a, as a believer in a, in a church like this, and, and I'm going, God has to be number one? It's like, wow. And, and that takes a, a certain uh, faith to be able to do that, to be able to believe that God comes number one, then your spouse, 
Then your children, children come after your spouse. Sorry, kids. Sorry, kids. Your spouse comes before you if you're a child. That's God's design, not my design, God's design. And then after kids come the, comes the church, then comes government and so forth. See, if, if I get that twisted, if I put the church ahead of my wife, my church might do great, but I'm going to have a terrible relationship with my wife and my kids. And, and that was often, a, or it's often a mistake that happens in ministry that I've seen is the heart intent is great. The pastor wants to do great. And they put the church above their family, above their spouse, uh, at the expense of their children and never spend any time with their children. And yet it's all spent on the church. Now, I, I don't believe that's accurate. I do not believe that was God's design. It was God first. If you're married here today, it's your spouse, then your children, then your church, then this government. That's the way God's design was created to function. Amen? Here's a, I just want to throw out this statistic. And this was a recent study done by Princeton University for believers. Believers that have gone through separation, divorce. And as out of 1,246 couples, everybody say 1,246 it's a lot of couples. Here's what, it, what they stated. This study revealed that only one out of 1,246 couples would still divorce if they did just three simple things on a regular basis. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning, those three simple things. And this isn't just for married couples here today. And it's not to, to hit on people that have gotten divorced. This is just, I want to give you key things that help your family matter. Amen? And, I, and the first one is, and it's a real obvious one, pray together. Pray. Everybody say, pray together. Pray together. It's easy for me to say it out here, easy for you to say it, but how many actually pray together? You have to learn to pray together. You know, one of the great things that when Anna and I first got married, we would get on our knees. That's when we had good knees to get down on, on the floor. How many know what I'm talking about? You get on your knees. We would actually do that because I, I wanted to establish this, this habit. So we started doing that. We did that in our honeymoon in Hawaii. We would get on our, on our, on our bed right there in Oahu. And uh, we would pray every evening. We would pray. And we established a foundation for us. Now, have we been perfect in that every day? No, of course not. And it would be ridiculous to think that any of you would be perfect in following that standard. But the, the thing was, we established a relationship on prayer. We wanted to pray together. Praying families grow together. Praying families uh, produce fruit. Amen? And so we, we, we learned to do that as a, as a young couple. And now, almost 23 years later... We're still doing that. In fact, yesterday, uh, I, I've, I learned this from Brother Ed and, and from many other wise people, but I know Brother Ed would often mention that he and Mother Betty would walk the streets and pray. You would pray over your neighborhoods. Amen. You'd pray. And so I've come over here to this area here, and I've gone through the streets, and I've prayed. Well, yesterday, Anna and I did that. 
we, we didn't walk because it was too hot, so we stayed in our air-conditioned vehicle, and we drove through all the streets within a, a one-mile radius of, of this campus here. And we prayed for every home, for every believer, every person that, that was needing a, a need from God, a need filled from God. So we prayed for these people, and I'm praying that they see our signs that we faithfully put out there. I'm praying that God would compel them, draw them to come in, but I'm praying for them. And we prayed together. And it's a beautiful thing when you can pray together with your spouse. Amen? It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I want to read a couple of scriptures to you. And again, I'm not just speaking to marrieds here this morning, but 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7, and I want to read out of the New Living Translation. It says it this way. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives, Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. I don't know about you, but I don't want to have any prayers hindered. I don't want to have any hindered. Amen. James 5.16, which we touched on, says the following. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Amen? Again, I, I don't ever, we don't ever, our custom is we don't ever let the sun go down on our wrath, as the Bible says. If we have an issue, we work it out. Um, we're very good at working it out. We don't let things fester. Ever heard the word fester? Fester was when something starts to grow. It's like a little root. And before, it's this little tiny thing. And you can allow that to become this huge obstacle in your life, which will prevent a healthy relationship between you and your spouse, or you and a sibling, you and your parents, you and anybody. Amen? You have to be careful and learn to forgive. Ask for forgiveness. Sometimes that means i got to say, I'm sorry, honey. I blew it. I was a dummy. And I shouldn't have done what I did or said what I did. Sometimes I have to do that. And conversely, Anna should do that as well. And she does. She's very good at doing that. But that takes, it removes pride out of the way. Amen. Pride will prevent you from doing that. And that's a sad reality. We have to learn that by praying together, it removes that pride. Pride is no longer in the picture when you can learn to, number one, Pray together. Everybody say, pray together. together. Here's a question for you as parents out there, for you that have kids or have uh, an impact on children. Here's the question. Have I filled my children's lives so full with things that we never have time to pray together? You know, in other words, we live in a world that's so full of, 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 of things, of, of electronic devices, of this and that. The, it has, have I filled my children's life with so much stuff that we can never pray? We never have time where we can just set them aside, no matter how old they are. They could be 34, like my oldest daughter is. Don't tell her I said that. Or, or they could be as young as two years old. Are you taking the time to pray with them? Are you taking the time to pray with them? We have to. You, as a parent, as an adult, have to take that initiative. Amen? We must pray together. Number two, talk about the Bible together. Oh, I can't tell you how many times we get in the car 
And Raquel will say, Dad, can I ask you a question? She is so full of questions. She's like that little two-year-old. Dad, 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 dad. You know, remember that child? Remember that child? Maybe you still have that child. She's still that child. She's 17. Dad, 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 can I ask you a question? Don't stop, Raquel. And I told you I'd pick on you today, and you said, go for it. So I did. (laughs) Talk about the Bible together. Don't ever discourage conversations like that. That's how your children grow. That's how they challenge you. And you may not have the perfect answer for them. You may be able to point them to a story in the Bible. You may, be, But the point is, converse. Have a conversation about the things of God. Deuteronomy chapter 6 is a great place to go for this. I just want to read you a little blurb here. It says, talk about them. Talking about the Word of God and the Scriptures. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. In other words, be constantly talking about it. Be constantly thinking about the Word of God. And, you know, as a parent, you do want to pass that information and spiritual knowledge on to your kids. But it's a great thing when your kids are always asking you. Because it's always keeping me on my toes. Like, oh, okay. You know, because kids, how many know they always have a fresh perspective on things. They think differently than adults. And they have a very fresh perspective. And the questions I get asked even by some of the kids here, they're great because as an adult, I'm not thinking in that mode, but it's like, oh yeah, I hadn't thought of that that way. And it's great. So talking about the Bible together helps you grow. Do you ever talk about God in an informal way outside of this place? Or is this the only place you ever talk about God? Do you ever talk about God on the, on the way to uh, Baskin Robbins? On the way to Starbucks? On the way to the flea market, I don't know if anybody's going to the flea market, but are you talking about God in an informal way? Or are we too busy on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, you fill in the blank, whatever choice of social media you use, but are you too busy doing those types of things rather than investing into your children, investing into your family? And I'm picking on kids right now. It could be your kids. I'm talking about your siblings. I'm talking about your parents. When was the last time, if you still have your parents, that you actually called and prayed with them? Can I just pray with you, Mama? Can I pray with you, Papa? Can I pray with you? When was the last time you did that? Amen? I challenge you. Talk, pray with them. Talk about the Bible together. Amen? And then, do you make opportunities to talk about the Bible. Do you make opportunities? I do this at work all the time. I, I do it intentionally just to see if I can get a response. Because if I get a response, then the door opened. The door opened. I just throw something out there. I throw that lure out there. And if I get a response, then they open the door. I go right through that door. I don't barge in the door because I, I, I don't want to do that. But the minute that door is open, boom, I hit it, and I'm, I'm in there. And I start talking to people about the Bible, about the things of God, about what God has done in my life. Amen? Make sure we're talking about the Bible together. Those are, that's two points right there. Pray together and talk about the Bible together. And the third point that this study done at Princeton found, that if these couples would have prayed together, talked about the Bible together. The third point was attend church together. Attend church together. You would think that, well, 
These aren't big things, but they are. They're part of God's design. Part of God's design is that we attend church together. Hebrews 10 tells us about not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. That we, anytime the doors are open, we should do our best to be there. Hey, I get vacations. Enjoy yourself. You need to take a vacation. If you haven't taken a family vacation this year, please do it. Because you're going to drive each other nuts if you don't. Um, go enjoy your time with your children, with your spouse. Get away on a, on a romantic honeymoon again. You know, a weekend together. Do those things. Great. But don't neglect the attendance here in church. Don't neglect the word of God being fed to your spirit. Amen? It's important that we attend church together. Luke chapter 4 and verse 16 says this in the NIV. It says, He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. It's talking about Jesus. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. Is it your custom? Is it your custom? Is it my custom? I, I hope so. I'm the pastor. Um, he stood up to read, the Bible says. Jesus stood up to read. And another scripture here, let me read this to you. Psalms 127 and verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. What it's trying to say there is that unless you have made the foundation, the Lord, the church, the word of God, your family will not stand if it's not built upon the principles that God designed. Amen. And, and, and we don't have to look far to know that that's the truth. Here's what I would ask you this morning. Is faith in Christ something that is part of your regular everyday life? Or is it only here on Sundays? Am I living for Christ? And is it obvious to my children? Another way I've heard it put is, are you living for Christ? And if you were in front of a jury, would they have enough evidence to convict you of being a believer? Whoa, whoa, that's harsh right there. And what do I want most for my children? Do I want them to just live a fulfilled life? Do I want them to just grow up to, to be a, a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer? And have a happy life? Or do I want them to have a life filled and built upon the faith and knowledge of who Jesus Christ is? Amen? Matthew 6.33 First seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be given to you. Amen? That's the most important thing we can do as parents. Philippians 3.13 says the following. It says, Brothers and sisters... I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Keep your eyes on the mark. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Yes, it may have been a struggle growing up. Yes, you may have felt neglected. Yes, you may have been even abused physically, emotionally. But it, the, what the Lord is saying is keep your eyes on him. Keep your eyes on him. Let your faith be built up in his word. Pray together. Talk about the Bible together. Attend church together. Those three principles right there will keep you in a healthy place. Will keep you successfully living a happy and healthy marriage and relationship with your kids. How many know that this morning? Amen. How many have experienced that this morning in your life? By, by, by living that. 
So this is what I want to challenge you with. I want to challenge you with this, that you begin today to see God like never before, forgetting the past. Forget about the past. And look forward, strain toward the mark. Look forward to Jesus, what he's going to do in your life from this point on. It doesn't matter what happened in your past. How many know that? God forgives you of your past. Thank the Lord for that. But what he wants you to do is to point to him now from this day going forward and look to him, the author and finisher of your faith, for every, every need that you have. Seek him like never before. Amen? And, and as I close this morning, I really want to challenge you to understand and embrace that family. That family. For, for some of you, possibly, you may not have family outside of here. I don't know that, but for some of you, that could be a reality that you may not have family members that that you would that you can come to, that you can embrace in a loving way, that they would accept you because of who you are now as a believer in Christ. Amen. I want you to know that anybody that walks in through these doors is family. You are family. Amen. Amen. We love you as family. This pastor loves you. This family loves you. This church family loves you. When you walk in through these doors, let us remember to pray together, talk about the Bible together, attend church together. That's the way you're going to have a healthy, healthy family. Amen. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Father God, Lord, I thank you that you do challenge us through your word. And and even though sometimes, Father, that life isn't perfect and you never said in your word that life would be perfect. But Lord, what we do know is that when we put our trust in you, that, Father, that we seek you first and your kingdom and your righteousness, that you begin to give us all the things, all the desires of our heart. And I pray this morning that for those that this morning that may be going through a struggle, that, Lord, maybe they're, they're looking at family from outside and not feeling that love, not feeling necessarily the love from from you, Father, at this moment. For whatever reason, we all go through times like that. I pray, Lord, a blessing for them this morning. And of those that are here this morning, may we continue, Lord, to pray together, to talk about the Bible together, to attend church together, and to seek you like never before, Father. Let that be our goal. Let that be our vision beginning today, to seek you, Father, like never before, so that Father, you would fill not only our lives, but this family, this church family, this, this church with your blessings. And so, Father, we thank you again because we made you number one. And because of that design that you've created, we made you number one. We acknowledge that this morning. We know that we will walk in obedience to whatever you would ask of us. So, Father, we thank you. May your blessings be upon everyone here this morning. From the youngest to the oldest, bless the rest of this day and keep us nice and cool today as it warms up. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen, Amen.